This is Aftermath, the week that was in MMA. This is your man, The Voice, MMA correspondent for Trackstar Sports, with my man, the bearded wonder himself, Josh Moose. So what's going on, Josh? What's going on? It's been a, been a minute since we've got back on uh, Aftermath. Yeah, it seems like Aftermath is on a every two-week schedule <laughs> right now. Ho- hopefully, we can get it moved to uh, to once a week. But, hey, uh, better every two weeks than not at all. And and who knows? Maybe we'll uh, make it a, a special and, and do something even more different with the scheduling. Uh, time only tells. But, man, talk about some fights that have taken place. In the past 14 days, where do we start? Oh, man, Uh, that's actually a great question. Uh, What is the oldest? Woo, that's that's a great question. (laughs) That's what I I had to think of. Is it uh, Singapore, perhaps? Or would it be the Contender Series? Uh... It might be Singapore. It might be the contender series. <laughs> it might be uh it might be the first one card. No, you know what? The first one card and the first uh and Singapore were both on the same day. So it would be the contender series. So that we can start there. Alrighty. I'm good with and that. That was Dana White Tuesday night contender series number eleven. Um, we'll start with the bottom of the card, which saw Jordan Williams coming up on one week's notice to ground and pound his way to victory in the third round over Tim Karen. Uh, Williams was dominant on the feet and from Mount uh, when he took it down to the ground. Uh, I think the fight could have been over sooner, uh, but Williams kept the fight upright and he was content to score points on the ground to the ref, called it off. Um, you know, I, I salute Williams because he's diabetic, so he does not cut any weight to make 185. He just comes in and fights at his normal weight. Being a diabetic, um, I definitely can understand that. Uh, and I think he actually has a chance to do some things if he – continues to do what he's doing now with the rise of lighter middleweight fighters like Kelvin Gastelum and the champ Robert Whitaker. So yeah, that was uh, the first fight. Uh, the second fight on that card was Jamal Emmers. Uh, who, he had the advantage on the feet in round one, dropping Juicy J. Julian Erosa <laughs> twice uh, in one round. Uh, and with 145 left, uh, he did it again. Second round, it was much of the same, but then Arosa's looping punches, which he seemed to be throwing way too slow for the uh, straight ones that Jamal Pretty Boy Emmers was throwing, landing combos and bombs and everything. Um, so Juicy J had 
He threw a high kick that, though, was blocked. The impact was enough to wobble Embers. And Rosa followed up with ground strikes to turn his lights out and secure the victory. Uh, any uh, any commentary on those two fights? Uh, the Jordan Williams fight, I just wanted to kind of reiterate. I know he was a last-minute um, addition. I thought that was impressive. Uh, obviously, the not being able to cut weight, you know, walking around as a natural 185-er and fighting at 185, um, it's just not something you see very often. So I, that, to me, was impressive. And, uh, yeah, that uh, that high kick was was uh, – was a heck of a high kick because it was mostly blocked. Uh, and it still, yeah. it still, it still uh, got through enough to actually drop uh, uh, Emmers, which that's really all I got on it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty impressive. Uh, uh, b- both of those uh, particulars there. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly uh, because that high kick was solidly, blocked by Emmers. I was surprised that it dropped him, but it just shows the force and the power with which Juicy J was able to throw it, that he was able to still uh, get through the guard and uh, put enough hurt on him to put him down. And then, like I said, Williams, uh, especially with me being diabetic, got a soft spot for him uh, with how he's doing things. Uh, Somebody else who I have a soft spot for after seeing this because it really hurt my heart that they didn't get a full-fledged contract was Josh Parisian, who, like Williams, stepped in on one week's mm-hmm. notice to take on Greg Rebello. Um, he also got the win and got it in spectacular fashion. I mean, he was just – he was like t- the Tasmanian devil just throwing all kind of spinning stuff. Spinning <laughs> kick, spinning kick, spinning kick. Then switched it up to the spinning back fist that crumpled uh, the Dana White Tuesday night consensus series vet twice. Greg Rebello has been on the uh, Dana White Tuesday night contender series twice. He's been knocked out, and that was enough for Greg Rebello to say, I'm done. If I can't <laughs> make it here and make it into the big show, I, I might as well hang it up. So salute to him uh, for doing that. Uh, again, I hate that Josh did not get it. He should have. I, I think they should have given him a contract. I really do. I understand that they didn't have a lot of room for giving out contracts, so they put him in the Ultimate Fighter. But it's like, dude, that's just that's just wrong. He should have got a contract. That's just how I feel. And he felt uh, down about it too, but he's trying to keep his head up, you know. So I I salute him for speaking his mind, but then also doing his best to stay. Um, professional and optimistic. I agree. Uh, I'm a hundred percent with you on that as well. I mean, that to me is everything you look for uh, in somebody you want to give a contract. You want finishes. You want entertaining finishes. You want entertaining fights um, with a guy that's willing to step in on whatever it was four days notice. Uh, I mean, that's the that's the kind of, in right. my opinion, that's the guy I want fighting for my company. Um, especially in a company that is, uh, you know, who the, 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 the fights are always, you know, you never know who's going to be in this fight and who's going to step up in five, six days notice. I mean, we're, <laughs> I'm sure we're going to talk about that too, but you know what I mean? Like in a business that is so, yeah. such volatile turnover, why the heck would you not want an entertaining, energetic fighter that's willing to take these short notice fights? I mean, you just lost one of the guys that 
that's done it the most for you throughout his career and Michael Bisping. That's been a guy that's I'll take the fight whenever yeah. you just call me up and I'll be there. You know, it's, it's worked out for him sometimes, not others. Um, but I mean, that's, I, I'm with you. I, I was a little, I was a little confused. Um, I think uh, it might be just a reflection from that second week um, when they had the four contracts, I believe, and maybe they just a little overreach yeah. there. And, and then all of a sudden you had to reel that back just a little bit. And I think that it affected uh, that, that affected this decision. And, and I think it was a, not a great decision. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. They uh, a bit of a contract hangover from uh, week ten with giving out so many contracts at that point, and then they still gave multiple contracts on this card. The last two mm-hmm. fights, both of the victors got contracts. Uh, T. Edwards five and one. Um, and I was saying that if it stayed on the feet, that uh, Austin Tweedy, or no, he said in the lead up, he said if the fight stays on the feet, then his opponent, Austin Tweedy, would take a power nap. <laughs> I love that statement. It's like, dude, I am going to, uh, I'm going to use that uh, going for, I mean, not in all of them, because, you know, Sleepy Town, I, I, I like people on the train to sleepy town that that's me because i made it up uh but uh i have to throw the power nap in every once in a while sure enough caught tweety with a one hitter quitter and just walked off like mark hunt man oh my goodness that was that was something beautiful to behold yeah you gotta love just like baseball when you've got the uh you know that uh when you make solid contact with the ball and the batter knows immediately it's, it's, it's gone. And he's kind of gives you the little bat flip and starts to talk, you know, uh, jog to fr- uh, first plate or uh, yeah. First right. base there. Um, first base. Yeah. That, that's one of my favorite things, man. It, especially in MMA, when you get a walk off knockout like that, you just, as soon as you connect, you just, you can see the body language. You just see that whole thing tense up or you see it just turn into this big pile of mush <laughs> and you just, turn around and walk away. <laughs> There's just something right. spectacular about that. I don't know what it is, uh, but it's just, it's hard to, it's hard to, to beat that little, uh, uh, as, as an MMA fan, it's, it's just great to watch. <laughs> that it is. That it is. And uh, Antonia Shevchenko, which it was pretty clear that as long as she won, and did so in a decent fashion that she was going to get the contract. She did, uh, becoming the first set of sisters in the UFC. Um, she got Queenie, Jamaline, Queenie, uh, Navira. She uh, dropped her in the first 10 seconds of the fight and then uh, used that training that she's been picking up at Tiger Muay Thai put in a tie clinch through those knees to stop it in the second round. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm with you. I figured that was going to go to uh that was going to be a guaranteed contract as long as it was a win and a finish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it had been a, a decision and, and a boring decision, then that would be about the only thing that would have kept her from getting yeah. the contract. But yeah, uh, salute to T and to uh, Antonia for their victories. 
All right. So then now it's a, a towing cost. Towing cost. <laughs> Man, we're all kinds of words today. I, I said first price. plate, so it's all right. <laughs> Look, at, at least that was uh that was close. Like, you know, plate base, you know, that that's um that that's at least something that that's in line. I'm I'm just making up new words. To- I, I can't even say it now. To- coin toss is what I meant. I was gonna it, it I was gonna say it's a towing cost between Singapore and uh one, but I'm not sure if you saw one or not. So and I'm only gonna cover the first two fights and I think that's how I'm gonna approach one going forward, uh, because it's not as I thought it was gonna be easier to watch when they announced the app because I'm thinking, hey, I can go watch it anytime I want. And that's not necessarily the case. And for this one specifically, I uh I paused the fight at like six in the morning and I came back. I'm like, okay, it's eleven o'clock. It's gonna be there and I can watch it and I could. <laughs> so thank God for uh the one weekly update show. I was able to go there and catch up on everything that way. So it's gonna change my approach just a tad as far as how I cover one going forward. But I gotta keep covering it. Gotta keep covering it. Uh because they have some phenomenal, phenomenal fights, including a possible fight of the year candidate in their fight on last week's Spirit Hole Warrior. Oh my goodness, I know I'm all over the place. Uh, so let me reel it back in and uh, cover those real quick. In Pinnacle of Power, which took place on the 23rd of June, you had interim champ uh, J.A. Eustachio defeating the full-fledged champ Adriano Moraes in a split decision to unify the titles. Uh, it went the distance. They were going at it hard, and Eustachio came up with the victory. Marais kept trying to go to the ground and do things there. He would get it down to the ground, but wasn't able to uh, lock up any submissions, whereas uh, Jay Hay, whenever he got it to the ground, he was able to pop his head out and hit it with the ground and pound, and when they were on the feet, it was all Jay Hay. Uh, also in, or should say on that car, the co-headliner put, or should say pit Jingnong Zhao uh, who defeated Laura Balin by unanimous decision to defend her women's strawweight title. Also on that card, F Team got a unanimous decision over Koji Ando. It's outstanding last week on the 30th of June. Whew, you had uh, uh, Sagato. And I know I said the first name wrong, but the last name I got, because they said it enough where I was able to catch it, Papaya Tai. I like that, Papaya Tai. Yeah, he uh, was undefeated. And then, uh, and the fight went on, and um, and he was still undefeated, and, and he won the fight by unanimous decision. Uh, and then, uh yeah. One said, no, I don't think they caught that fight right. And they turned the tables on. So uh, he lost the fight. He lost his undefeated streak to uh, Maja Win. And their official statement is, the one championship team led by Matt Hume 
and the official cage side judges have conducted an official review of the controversial bout between uh, Maja Wen and I'll just say Papaya Time. I'm not going to try to first name again at One Spirit of a Warrior in uh, Yangon, Myanmar. The bout was extremely close with both martial artists making a case as the victor. However, after reviewing all the standards of one championship judging criteria, we have determined that Maja Wen has slightly edged out uh, Papaya Tai on the scorecards. The decision has been formally overturned by one the one championship committee, and Maja Wen is now declared the rightful winner, which is crazy to me. Uh, I know the UFC would love to have that kind of power. That makes it somewhat um, questionable. It's like, yeah, that fight was really close, but we think you got it wrong, so we're going to call uh, the, that you have the uh, the organization calling the fight for someone else and actually having the power to overturn rulings and, and uh, put losses on your scorecard. That I mean, not your scorecard, but your record. That, I don't know. That's... That's a bit questionable to me, but when you are your own governing body, you can do that. Yeah, it becomes a very – I mean, in, in theory, it makes perfect sense. It, it adds accountability to the judges, but it is a very slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Um, I, I wasn't even going to talk about that fight. Like I said, uh, I'm trying to focus on the main event, the co-main, but that was so – interesting i had to include that now the co-main event uh i said in the mma main card that undoubtedly Issa was looking to take things to the ground and that's just what he did getting alvarez down to the ground in round one and picked up the 10th submission victory of his career now the main event oh my goodness it embodied the theme of the bout as Ong Long uh, in song and Ken Hasegawa. I mean, they put the spirit of a warrior out there for real. I, as soon as I'm able to find the full fight, I will put it out via Twitter through the Trackstar Sports uh, Twitter handle. Oh, my goodness. That fight was phenomenal. They slugged it out from round one to round five. Both of them battle-worn, but never, ever giving up. Hasegawa had his best showing in round three. The entire fight, he just kept coming forward with eating shots to give his own. No head moving, no anything. Just plodding forward and eating shots and throwing shots. But it seemed like after round three, his energy was gone. Like, he gave it his everything in that round. And uh, in round five, his will was overcome by his body as he crumpled from an uppercut by Unlong, and that ended the fight. (laughs) Man, oh, my goodness. Myanmar went crazy. I have never watched a fight where you can't hear the um you can't hear the commentators <laughs> saying anything because the crowd was screaming wow. so loud. 
that's just how absolutely through the roof the volume level was when Myanmar's favorite son gave the nation a night that they won't soon forget. Yeah, that so that was one's uh one had uh two fights back to back. Now they've got a kickboxing fight tomorrow. Um so I'm, yeah, so <laughs> if you like kickboxing, go to the one championship app and catch that. Uh, and you can let me know how that is because uh yeah, you can let me know how that is. <laughs> Nothing against kickboxing. I love kickboxing, but with the changes that are taking place in the combat sports realm, especially with how we get our combat sports, ESPN Plus, you got boxing built in with it. So it makes sense to cover. It. With the zone, you're going to have boxing built in with it. it. Makes sense to cover it. Just not enough hours in the day for the kids to cover kickboxing, too. So feel free to tell me all about the fights. Let me know which ones to go back and see. I'll check them out. But as far as coverage is concerned, hey, if that's something you're interested in, hit me up on Twitter at The Voice. That's T-H-A-V-O-Y-Z-E. And uh, or any social media. That's my handle for everything. Uh, Let me know if you're interested in kickboxing and may want to cover it. Uh, We'll talk about those things. But your man, The Voice is not taking on anything (laughs) else. Uh, if so, I will be uh, resurrecting uh, Mile High Salute, which covers my favorite team in the world, the Denver Broncos. Uh, but yeah, if I don't have time for my beloved Broncos, I should be <laughs> take on yet another combat sport. All right, but keeping the party going, staying in Asia, we have uh, the Singapore fight, UFC Singapore. Performance of the night bonuses went to Ovin St. Pru and uh, Yadong Song. Oh, my goodness. And then the fight of the night went to um, Young and Rolando D. Cowboy versus Edwards was a great, great fight. I had it just like the uh, rest did, three to two. Uh, what was your take on that? Uh, that specific- um, that's what I had as well. I didn't take uh, super detailed notes because I did miss uh, the fight live. So I knew the results before I watched the fight. And it's always harder to actually score a fight that way. Um, just because you're, you're right. always second guessing it because you're like, oh, well, I've already given two rounds to somebody. You know what I mean? Um but watching it, yeah, there was definitely um, a couple rounds that I believe near the end, I think uh, Donald Cerrone, uh, I think I saw, I even think I saw the scorecards. I think, uh, I think all the refs gave him round four. Um, and I think a, a couple gave him five. Um, I think some, one of them gave him three. Uh, I think it was a, it was a very uh, well-judged uh, bout. Um, I know that I had actually thrown out kind of against uh, all odds there that uh, the Cowboy would win. Um, I just I just thought, you know, he's just a grinder, yeah. and he's a guy that's hard for me ever to go against. Um, 
I might have changed my tune if I knew more about him being super sick right before the game or right before the fight. <laughs> might fight, have yeah. uh, might have might have swayed me enough because I was already on the fence with it. But all in all, um, I like watching Cowboy fight. Uh, he's another guy that um, you know has been been UFC for a while. Has been a staple uh, uh, in UFC and just another guy that's just always willing to go out there and bang. And uh, you know even. You know, it is his post-fight interview talking about I was really sick and I almost called Dana and told him I couldn't fight. And I looked myself in the mirror and I'm like, man, I'm not that kind of guy. I can suck it up for uh, 25 minutes. <laughs> I just I love that attitude, man. But other than that, a great fight by Leon Edwards. Did everything he was supposed to um, and got a got a well-deserved victory. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, any notes regarding? any of the other fights or the performances of the night and things of that nature. Uh, Anything else you want to Not really. Um, I will say the uh, the Jessica's fight, as I call it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to apologize to Jessica I because I had actually, in my predictions, had her as my victor. And the more I was, you know, just reading other articles and MMA Junkie has their polls and just polls everywhere – I actually ended up changing my mind because I didn't see like anybody that chose Jessica. I, and I thought I'm being too contrarian because I already said I've got cowboy winning <laughs> and I changed and I changed <laughs> it last minute. I changed it and tweeted it out. And I want to apologize to Miss Jessica. I for uh, making me and uh, I'm glad that she made me look like a fool for changing my answer and I won't do it again. <laughs> hey, well, I'll say this. I was, as most pundits picking Jessica Rose Clark. Now, I did well in this fight, and she did well in her other fight. And she said that 125 is the place for her, and this is the reason why she's able to do it. Uh, she's been victorious, which is always good, always to be, uh, always good to be on that side of the equation. But she's not looking all that spectacular to me. And leading up to these two fight wins, she had lost four in a row. So it was understandable to pick against her just simply because momentum says go with Jesse Jess. She had a feel-good story. She came in and beat uh, one of the people who was being groomed for a title bout at 125 in Paige Van I get it. I get it. I, I totally get it. Um, you know, but things did not go her way. So, hey, uh, you know, salute to her. Still like her. Uh, salute to Jessica I for winning. I think she still needs a good fight or so before she can challenge for the belt. I think uh-huh. her and Sarge fighting would be... Um, That'd be a good matchup for the next contender at 125. Yeah, I agree. All right. Next fight card in chronological order. Also featured, now since we're talking about the feather, I mean, flyweight division, women's flyweight division, uh, this card featured a title bout at flyweight and the woman who said she should be thanked by all the women in the UFC for the flyweight division being established. And that's none other than 
the eliminator, eliminate McFarlane, uh, who just came out and dominated Alejandra Lara the entire fight until she got the arm bar in round three. And man, she had to fight for that thing. She had it locked in and kept adjusting it for about a minute before Laura tapped out. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that uh, this card I did far better on predictions, by the way. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you did. But, uh, I, I wanna say you called it uh did you get all of them I right did not. I, I reached a little bit on uh, one of my uh, upcoming young ladies I enjoy watching and Christina Williams. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, but um, man, Alima Lane McFarlane, <laughs> she is, she is going to be a huge star for Bellator. Um, this is somebody that the entire promotion can get behind and they, they need to and, and really push and promote this, give her great matchups, um, you know, continue to let her be this this headline uh, main event star. Um, she's a great fighter. Uh, and she she's – I mean, you, you nailed it with the, the dominating performance and then the arm bar. I will agree with you there that the arm bar, I believe she went – Man, I think she had was that the where she had a triangle and then she switched to the arm bar and she hadn't quite let go of the triangle and then switched to the tri- arm bar. Yeah, I mean it, it, mm-hmm. it was a, I mean great great defense um, from Laura. She did everything she could, but I mean Alimele McFarland just is a just a phenomenal talent in in women's MMA and MMA in general. Um, mm-hmm. I was super excited to watch that. I was traveling while it was going on and I actually switched and I believe I had my wife drive so I could follow it the round by round <laughs> on like sure dog or something because I was so excited about the fight and I thought we could get to a hotel in time and we just weren't able to. And um, yeah, I mean, I was super excited about that one. It was, it turned out to be a great fight. I, I've already gone back and watched it. Um, just again, you know, knowing the results already didn't take great notes on it, but uh yeah, she is a uh, she's gonna be a star for for Bellator and and she's yeah. already talking about uh, not not having any desire to leave Bellator and I think that is huge for that promotion. Agreed. And uh, you're saying that she's gonna be a star based on the ratings that they got for this. I mean, this if, if not the highest, it's one of the highest rated Bellator cards. All year long. This includes uh, cards headlined by Bader and Mo. Mm-hmm. This includes the last tempo fight. This was the highest rated fight uh, in quite some time. So uh, that speaks a lot to who she is and what she has been able to do in a very short time. It's now, granted, it's not like uh, the rise of Ronda Rousey because she's not selling millions and millions of pay-per-views. But like Rousey, she's only had, at this point, about eight fights. Mm-hmm. And um, like all but one of them have taken place in Bellator. So she's, uh, she's definitely becoming one of the faces of the organization. And she's one that people want to see fight. And 
they're already working on the next fight, which will be against the co-headliner in Valerie Leturn. Oh, no, she wasn't a co-headliner, but uh, the other... Fire on this card. Flyweight yep. fight, uh, which was Valerie Letourneau and Christina Williams. I had just because I thought it was too much too soon for Williams. If anything, I thought that her striking would uh, would be the difference. But she looked kind of amateurish in some of her strikes. You know, a lot of just standing up straight and throwing from the shoulders. I was like, what is going on? She just seemed out of her element. She wasn't the same fluid Christina Williams that uh, took out Heather Hardy and took out Emily De- Fight fans. It's your man, The Voice, Jackstar Sports, MMA correspondent, and this episode of Aftermath is being broken up into two parts. Why? Well, the recording cut off in the middle. Could I put it in one? Yeah, but that would make things on the long side. So catch part two. Look for us on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast, whether that be Stitcher, Podcast Republic, which is our favorite for Android because Trackstar Sports is a featured station there. So if you're an Android user, we would encourage you to download Podcast Republic. Uh, but hey, you can catch us on Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, Anchor, which is the platform that makes all of this possible, as well as Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Pocket Cast, Rocky Cast, Cast we don't even know about Overcast, you name it. Catch us there. Be on the lookout for Aftermath Part 2. Be coming to you. Until next time, it's your man, the voice, sounding off.